What is up, true believers? And welcome back to all new The Giant Contraband Robot DC animated movie in review. I'm your host, Desi Robinson. Desi's dead on Twitter and Instagram. Soon to be the Dread Wolf on Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram. Why oh, are you I haven't changed it yet because I don't have a phone. I ain't going to have a phone for the next week. Oh, right. Oh, damn. So if you don't know why I don't have a phone, go to the Night Owl show on the Spotify, KDHR Spotify feed, or KDHR.net, and you'll know why. But that's for that episode. And on this episode, we're talking about DC, the DC movies in review, DC animated movies in review, to be exact. Um... Before we get into the rigmarole of everything of DC animated films, we have to have it hurts to actually announce this right here, right now. Legendary Batman, Green Lantern, Green Arrow writer Denny O'Neill has passed away at the age of 81 this morning. Um, it, he was he passed away of natural causes, which I feel is is very it's to be respectful. I think better than going out with the coronavirus. Yeah. Because at least you can be home with family as opposed to being, and not to take it away, but still passing away by yourself with just the nurse. Mm-hmm. No. Being passing away in Magic Castle with family, I'm sorry, I, I take that over the, the latter. Yeah. Um, I would say he's best known his work, um, his Best work is known for uh, Batman. Um, he did Batman, Detective Comics, Batman Legends of the Dark Knight. Um, he written um, primarily and edited um, Batman titles from 1986 to 2000. Um, his main contributors and co-workers, Julius Schwartz and Neil Adams. Um, definitely, his, Neil, Neil Adams is one of my favorite artists of all time. He really is, and every time him and Danny O'Neill works together, it's it's fucking phenomenal. Um, definitely check out Green Arrow, Green Lantern. Um, their run, um, their run on that. That is actually one of the first issues where Speedy becomes a junkie. Oh, really? Yeah, Danny O'Neill wrote that. Huh. <laughs> um, but also, I didn't even know he does at some point. Yeah, um, Red Arrow. If you don't know who we're talking about. Mm. Um, for those who don't know, um, but didn't um, O'Neill um, created and co-created Rachel Gould, Taya O'Gould, uh, Leslie Tomskins. Like she, like if you only know Batman the Animated Series, those characters, Danny O'Neill created those characters. Um, he created um, Azrael and Richard Dragon. Um, he revitalized the Joker. Two Face as the best modern interpretations of Two Face and Joker, and he oversaw the death of Jason Todd. Oh wow! So yeah, he's he's always had his hand involved in very formative, very um, iconic uh, Batman Batman storylines. Yep. Um, I had the opportunity to meet Mr. O'Neill um, at LA WizardCon. Back in 2008 with Marv Wolfman, they had a panel on um, how to create characters, um, creating characters and giving them, uh, like, it was, from my interpretation, to 
2008 to now is long as fucking time. But to give a brief summary of what that class was, um, and slash panel is making sure the character was multifaceted to make it seem like they could be a real person. Mm-hmm. Even though this is a fantastical world that you're writing in, um, they gave great stories. Marv Wolfman talked about um, creating the Teen Titans, creating Cyborg, which is one of my favorite characters, um, overseeing Dick Grayson become a Nightwing. That's all Marv Wolfman. Um, Denny Neal talked about creating the, the, the iconic storyline that um, Green Arrow is pointing out the um, Green Lantern is pointing out the Green Arrow that his own sidekick is a fucking drug addict. Um, the hilarious behind the scenes about killing off Jason Todd and that one nine hundred number that they put into the comic book, which which is still yeah. funny because I remember that as a kid. I'm like, uh-huh. I want to call my mom. Was like, we're not. It was a dollar. I want to say like a dollar dollar ninety nine. Yeah, to call that. It, it wasn't free. That's for sure. Yeah, it was not free. Um, he also had a stint. Didn't uh, Daniel has also had a stint um, at Marvel writing the Amazing Spider-Man, Iron Man, Daredevil, and he was also involved in the creation of Madam Web, Hydra Man, Obadiah Stane. Legit, I did not know how to pronounce Obadiah Stane until Iron Man in two thousand eight. Like the movie, the live action movie. Yes, I was like, what kind of all it. Obadiah, like, what the fuck is that? Obina? <laughs> I know, but um, he also created Lady Deathstrike, Wolverine Nemesis. I'm like, um, he worked on Transformers. He 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 also created the name Optimus Prime. Wow! Th- this man created the name Optimus Prime. Um, wow. Man. He worked with upcomer Frank Miller on the Daredevil title, which who then took over. Frank Miller took over Daredevil and created his iconic run on Daredevil. Damn! So he's like uh, he's he's affected so many like stories and like in in ways to come, like so many future events too. Because think about it: like if he never made Ra's al Ghul or Talia al Ghul, we wouldn't have Damien now. We wouldn't have like the the in we probably would not at least have the same kind of League of Shadows and their organization as we know it, like within the storylines as as how we have now. Shoot. Yeah, we wouldn't have um, Batman Begins. Um, we wouldn't have Batman the Animated Series. Um, hell, most of the Arkham games include the League of Shadows. Yeah. So if it wasn't for Danny O'Neill, it, it, that would have never happened. Um his also his writing credits also goes to Logan's Run, Superboy, Batman the Animated Series, Jejo, a real American hero. Huh. And like like we also said, he also worked on Transformers. Um, that is he has the most prolific career, and to be able to meet him for that that small amount of time back in two thousand eight, um, was worth it. After I'm not now, nah, I'm not gonna tarnish um, my uh, my respect to Mr. O'Neill because Jeff Lowe, bitch, mother, mm. bitch, made bitch. Um, yeah. <laughs> so rest in peace, Mr. O'Neill. Um, and thank you. Thank you. Thank you for everything you have um, you've created. Um, your inspiration has gone is going towards what we're reviewing today. And yeah, we'll see you at the Great Power Battery 
of Beyond on the planet Mogo. If you don't know that, you need to read a Green Lantern comic book. Seriously, people. Green Lantern. Any Green Lantern. And Mogo, the planet, is a Green Lantern. It, it, we don't have enough time on this episode, actually, for me to deep, deep dive in that one. You know what I what I do want to know, hopefully, in this episode? I want to know what your opinion is of this Green Lantern in this movie. Well, we already... Oh, yeah. That was a good segue. Thank you. <laughs> um, so here we are now officially our review once again R.I.P. Denny O'Neill um, yes. Justice League Throws of Atlantis is a 2015 came out in the year 2015 direct to video animated superhero film featuring the DC um, the Justice League um, which is part of this animated original movie verse um, the film is loosely based on Thro- of the Thrones of Atlantis storyline from the new 52 line by Jeff Johns. This is another Jeff Johns-esque run. Now we all know it from previous episodes. How I dislike new 52. And I miss DC Classic. <laughs> um, so we already know I'm very biased going forward. Right. Um, it's this... been very well established if you've been following us along this far. Yeah. Um, this <laughs> serves as a standalone sequel to Justice League War. In this film, Arthur Cor- Arthur Curry, I was gonna say Corey, Arthur Curry, Curry, Walker God, God damn it! I was watching The Walking Dead, and that mm-hmm. Andrew Lincoln in the Southern drawl, even though he's British. So me making fun of it, Coral, get in the house, Coral, Coral. <laughs> um, it's like, what's your favorite thing to find at the beach, Coral? So Arthur Curry, uh, have Atlantean prince. Um, half human, half Atlantean prince, um, discovers his heritage and aids the Justice League in preventing his half brother Orum, the Ocean Master, from taking over Metropolis. Orum, sorry. <laughs> the film um, was available for download, um, digital download, on January fifteen, January thirteenth, twenty fifteen, and it was officially released on Blu-ray and DVD formats on January twenty seventh, twenty fifteen. Now this feature. Let me get the casting list up. Now we're going to move the trivia at the end because there is some spoilers in this. Ooh. So the voice cast is as um, Matt Lautner, Arthur Curry Aquaman. And if you don't know who he is, he was in the NBC show. Hold on. Hold on. I got this one. Actually, he was Anakin Skywalker in the Clone Wars. That, and he was in that crappy ass Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero spinoff on the CW. I mean, he was in. To be fair, he's he was actually, in some really cool stuff, and he's been in a lot of crappy stuff. He's actually still doing Clone Wars because oh, no, it actually ended. Right, he had his last episode. Mm-hmm. Okay, because he was he was he still came back as the voice of Anakin Skywalker for the Clone Wars series. So and and this is what I give him: if you hear him as Aquaman here and you hear him as Anakin, two his vocal pitch is very well done. Yeah, very well done. Um, DJ Price voiced a young Arthur Curry. Um, Sumli Montano voices Mira. She was in ER back in the day. West Wing and Minority Report. 
I've still never seen Minority Report. Really? Yeah, I have not. I need to rectify that. Yeah, Minority Report. I mean, Minority Report is interesting. Um, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say like it's the greatest thing ever. It is really good, and it, I would consider it classic sci-fi because it's like it's a very simple story premise, but the execution is the is the thing about it. Okay. At least in my opinion. Um, we have Sam Witwer, Darth Maul himself, Star Killer, if you will, as Orum, Ocean Master. Serena Irwin as Queen Atlantia. Queen Atlanta, or Atlanta, or at, at, I'm saying Queen Atlantia, all right? I, I, I don't care. <laughs> Jason Omar returns the voice of Batman, making his voice returning to the DC universe, but also this is his first appearance as Superman. Jerry O'Connell takes over as the voice of Superman over Alan Tudyk, Alan Tudyk um, which is, I he, Jerry O'Connell works as the voice of Superman. And from previous episode, and we have mentioned before, Jerry O'Connell voiced Shazam and Superman Shazam from the fight of Black, um, Black Adam. I really got to work on my dictation. I need a vocal I just, coach. I need a vocal coach. You know what I just realized? And this is going to be random as hell right now. What? Was, I, I just remembered. Was, wasn't Jerry O'Connell in like Kangaroo Jack? Yeah. Oh my god. Don't hate on Kangaroo Jack. I like no, Kangaroo I'm not. Jack. No, no, no. I'm not hating on Kangaroo Jack. I was just like, oh my god, I just remembered that right now. Like, I haven't thought about that movie in forever, and for some reason I just remembered it with him in it. Jerry O'Connell is a national treasure. <laughs> I'm not disparaging Kangaroo Jack. I was just like, I just made the connection. I was like, oh wow, I forgot about that. <laughs> but uh, like we said, this is Jerry O'Connell's first um, since the previous DC film, but has um, interpretation as Superman. Making her first appearance as Wonder Woman, Rosario Dawson. Mm-hmm. Returning voice actor Christopher, um, and actor Christopher Gorham returns as Barry Allen The Flash. Making his return triumphantly. I'm so fucking happy. I got to meet Nathan Fillion. That's who is voicing. Yeah. Yes, I met Nathan Fillion. Wait, how have I not known this? Not even off podcast. How the fuck did I not know this? Because I don't know. Because here's the thing, though, and I don't want to bring this episode down. Because like we did, um, uh, to me, when I got to meet him, he was the most awesome person ever. The reason why I don't talk about it because I always get reports from other people who got to meet him said he was a dick. He was an asshole on set. He was an asshole at at cons. Mm. I, I got to meet him. He was a cool dude. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to talk about it because people are gonna be like, "Well, Nathan Fillion is this." Okay, I can respect that then. Like your 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 experience is different than what other people have said, but there are other people who have had known bad experiences. Yeah. Okay. But I can respect. That. Yeah, but making his return, Nathan Fillion as how Jordan Greenlander. Thank God, because I quickly forgot a uh, home dude's name. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's how quick. <laughs> I he was he was legit Justin Kirk. I, I remember his name. He just did not fit what seriously, he did not fit for what the, this is and this is set well minus one where we're gonna get to her in a minute. Um the voice actors for this it it fits very well. Yeah, what did we call him again? Guy Jordan? 
Yeah, he was basically guy. He, if I'm thinking of a voice of Guy Gardner, Justin Kirk was that voice for Guy Gardner. Right. But um, Nathan Fillion returns as Hal Jordan. Um, Crushed it. I really enjoyed it. Yep. Returning, Shamar Moore. Yes. As the voice of Cyborg. Julia Landau. If you don't remember, she was Drusilla in Buffy and Angel. She makes her first and last appearance as Lois Lane. That's the trivia. That little trivia right there. Um, <laughs> she's And she's also a notable voice actress herself. Um, she does bits parts now here and there. Um, but she's mainly known as Drusilla and Buffy and Angel. Um, Harry Lennox. If y'all don't know who he is, Dollhouse alum. Um, General Swanzik in the DCEU is the voice of Black Manta in this. Yeah, yeah. Which is like, and, and also this is notable. He is the first and only DCEU actor to voice a DC animated, well, no, the second. Wait, uh, really? The voice, uh, Michael Beach, who voices Mr. Terrific in Justice League, um, in Justice League, um, Unlimited and Justice League, um, versus the Furious 8. Uh, I probably got that wrong, but it's the Justice League animated feature. He voices Black, he comes back to voice, um, Mr. Terrific in that. He is Black Manta's father in Aquaman. Oh, yeah. You're talking about the live action? Yes, live action. So yeah, the voice actor for Mister Terrific plays Aquaman's father. I mean Aquaman's father, Black Manta's father in Aquaman. While General Swanzik, Harry Lennox, comes in to play the um, Black Manta in Justice League: Thrones of Atlantis. <laughs> just, just before we jump into our thoughts of the synopsis, though, I just have to say I just love the idea that that maybe somebody thought, hey, with this iconic voice. Nobody's going to make the connection immediately that the dude in the car is also Black Mana, right? <laughs> like, 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 you can't hide that even with, like, voice modulation. I know. <laughs> um, but that's for, that's for jumping into what we thought about it. But, yeah. <laughs> um, Sean Astin returns the voice of Shazam, but this time around, he's voicing Billy Batson as well. Which is shocking. Oh, wait, like, but did we really hear much of Billy Batson in this one? I don't think we did. Just a quick minute. Yeah, really, it was really a quick minute, but okay. Um, George Newburn is return, returns as the voice of Steve Trevor. Steve Bloom, in his second to last, I think it's his last appearance as the voice of Lex Luthor. Um, and he's he is Cyborg's voice, um, um, armored voice. Um, Would that be the voice of the armor or the voice of the mother box? I'll say the voice of the mother box. I think so too, right? Yep. Um, Malik, um, Malik, Malik. It's a woman. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I think I think it's Malik. Malik uh, Berger. She returns the actress who played Sarah Charles in Justice League War returns in Justice League Thrones of Atlantis. Um, Patrick Kavanaugh comes in as the voice of Jimmy Olsen. Larry Cedar comes in as Thomas Curry, Arthur Curry's father. 
um, J.K. Johnson. That it's J. J A Y K Johnson, not J K. Um, He's <laughs> Sam, not just kidding. Um, um, voices Sam Lane in this one. Matthew Yang King voices Doctor Shin, Stephen Shin. Um, Carrie Pay- Carrie Payton voices John Harry Irons, who is the original voice of Cyborg in Teen Titans. Oh, really? Yep. But this is a. Oh, one- but this is a one and done for Kari Payton because later on, future spoiler, Chris Williams, Mr. Black Lightning himself, mm-hmm. ends up voicing John Henry Irons later on. Okay. But it's a it's a good callback. It's a cool callback to get Kari Payton um, to come back. And he also currently is now in The Walking Dead as King Ezekiel. Oh, is he really? Yeah. Man, I have not... I have really not kept up with Walking Dead since Alexandria. So if you want to know how, what um, Cyborg looks like, your Teen Titans Cyborg looks like, watch The Walking Dead. Um, all right, where were we at? Because this is a long-ass cast list. Um, Brian Denden is the defense secretary. Um, Paul Eldrin is the captain. Adrian Romano returns as the voice of an elderly Atlantean woman. Michael Rosenbaum returns as the voice of a drift leader. Uh, Cedric Yarborough, um, who usually voices um, uh, Firestorm, mm-hmm. voice a submarine technician. Oh, like one of the like oh yeah, in the beginning I think then. Yeah. Okay, so we were talking about uh, sub sub technician Cedric Yarborough. So you were basically at the end of this list. Yeah, and that is the cast list of Just League Throws of Atlantis. Um, so, are we going to be hit with a little bit of a synopsis? Actually, before I hit the synopsis, I have not mentioned. Um, this is directed by Ethan Spaulding, who previously directed... If I remember, he previously directed... Yes, he previously directed Son of Batman... Um, it's once again produced by James Tucker, written by Heath Car- um, Corson. And like we said before, this is based off of Thrones of Atlantis by Jeff Johns um, and Ivan Reese. Ivan Reese is the artist. Um, let's go, before we go into the plot, Our thought. Your, let's go into our thoughts on what did you think of the film? Honestly, I like this one better than all of the ones we've seen so far. <laughs> oh, this one's your favorite? So far, yeah. So far, this one has, like, for some reason, and I, I think I can pinpoint a couple of the reasons why, but I, I think I'll leave that after for our synopsis of it. You, but you, um, you can keep you can talk about it. It's just, um, oh, are we doing a synopsis now? Sorry. <laughs> the synopsis, um, it's, I mean, we're going to get to the review. It's just, like, what did you overall think of the film? And, like, in order for you to... You have to talk oh, about the film in order to like give your general synopsis. My bad, my bad. My general synopsis, right? I enjoyed the film. I I, I had a lot of fun with it mm-hmm. to the point to where I there was a couple moments where I found myself not analyzing anything and just really just enjoying it again. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that's very important. Um, 
like I said, I, I do have my own biases on this because it's like I'm not a, I'm really not a big fan of the new fifty two. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm more of a fan of DC classics. Um, it's this I would say I would if we was gonna review it now before going to the plot, I would give this I would definitely give this a solid um, four. Okay. Um, but when we get through the plot and then through the specific like interest intricacies of the, each character, mm-hmm. um, through this plot, um, it just it, it it drives home like why I don't like each like these new interpretation of these characters like Aquaman, he's a drunk but he's this bombastic character that DC is starting to use even if it is New Fifty Two where. This is pre Momoa as well. He's mm-hmm. an alcoholic. He's loud. He's basically DC's Thor. Yeah, kind of. That's what essentially what he is. Um, Superman. He's toned down in this one. Um, he's not that hit you first, ask questions later type of person. Yeah. Um, but we do get to see one of his weaknesses in the film, um, which we do, we don't normally get to see unless you watch the Superman the animated series. Or um, the Superman Shazam um, short um, mm. as I'm going against Black Adam, um, we get we get to see those magical abilities used against Superman, which is um, we, which you rarely would see, um, and what's something I would love to see if we get a fucking Man of Steel two, which at least for the time being doesn't look exactly like it's going to be happening. Yeah, um, but overall, this it. I did enjoy this more than War, only because the voice cast fits. It really does. I think a voice cast makes an animated feature. Once again, oh yeah. And the fact that you got Michael Rose, I like Christopher Gore. I do. But if you bring him back, Nathan Fillion as um, Green Lantern, you could at least. I'm sorry, Christopher Gore. You could at least brought back Michael Rosenbaum as the Flash. I'm just saying that it's like a like a. I'm gonna throw you a bone, Michael Rosebomb. Come on, come on. Do this one little small little uh, part that you're gonna get killed off with everybody else. <laughs> like, 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 we don't care. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, let's just get to the plot. <laughs> okay, let's get to the plot. All right, so we're now in, we're we starting right off. You see the USS California. And you, you see everyone just getting murked. Everybody fucking killed by Atlanteans. I'm letting you know it's right off the list. Atlanteans. I'm not just going to hide the fucking mystery. It's Atlanteans killing these I people. mean, the movie is literally called Throne of Atlantis. Like, uh, oh my god, who's attacking? Um, on orders by one Orem. Oh shit, master. But back to the Justice League headquarters at Star Labs. Um, we see Cyborg given um, the news by Steve Trevor. But do you see them? They're not really the Justice League. I mean, they're not there. They're not together. He goes out of his way to say it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you see Cyborg giving um, that fine woman at the Star, at Star Labs the cold shoulder, cold shoulder, which is a callback to war where Victor, um, Dr. Stone is giving the cold shoulder to Victor. It's very reminiscent vibes. Yeah. Um, and you see, and he's still playing with, is Cyborg more man or machine, or is the combination of both? So you, mm-hmm. we do get an, another subplot to, Cy- uh, to Cyborg here. 
Um, and I'm, I'm dropping the rating down because I'm thinking of just no, I'm thinking of Apocalypse War because where he ends off. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking that's where my mind is ending off at is what's happening in Apocalypse War. But back to the <laughs> be in the now. Let's be in the now. Like we said, Cyborg is given news by Steve Trevor. He teleports to the um, to the um, sub via boom tube, and he finds handprints on the hull and discovers that nuclear missiles are missing. Cyborg, Flash, Shazam, Superman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, and the Batman. I'm going to refer him as the Batman, not just Batman. I mean, come on, put some respect on his name. He's the Batman. He is the Batman, the one and only Batman. He ain't the man bat. He ain't the bat boy. He ain't Batty McBatterson. He is the Batman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they inspect the recovered um, California, USS California. And Diana identifies that the enemy um, warriors are from Atlanta, Atlantis, which be, um, the beings turn into underwater creatures by their king, Mystical Trident. If you watch Aquaman, you get this part, when we, what I just said. Yeah. S- Superman and Batman decide to meet the Atlantis Atlantis some expert Stephen Shin. Meanwhile, back in Atlantis, Prince Orm and Black Manta meet with Orm's mother, Queen Atlantia. I say Atlantia. There's people saying at um at Atlanta. Yeah, which is it's too much sound like at, it's literally the ATL. I mean, like Atlantia is more better. Queen of ATL. Um. Where they argue over declaring war on the humans, Orm Blade the Justice League squarely the Justice League on King Triton's death, while Queen Atlantis blames Darkseid. This lets you know that the Atlanteans are aware of Darkseid. But is this used? Future spoiler? No. <laughs> <laughs> Orm wishes well, to Don't read into it like uh, like we did. <laughs> Orm wishes to attack first, but Atlantia silences him and asks uh, Mira to bring Arthur Curry, her actual son, the older son, or as it says in my quotes, the other son, or the bastard son, <laughs> to Atlantis. Black Manta uses Black Manta uses a craft disguised as a U.S. Navy submarine to attack Atlantis using stolen missiles to frame the humans. Bitches be crazy. Yep. Especially the bitch named Orem. Yep. Batman Superman locate Shin's home and research. um, They locate his home, but his research is destroyed. Superman finds a photograph of Arthur Curry and a letter revealing Arthur is half Atlantean. Shen meets Arthur, but he is killed quickly killed by an Atlantean soldier sent by Black Manta. Arthur is blasted out of his um, now-collapsed lighthouse home. Damn. You gotta think of just, like, the damage all those ships gonna do to that fucking, that bay, that harbor. Um, Mira saves him in the nick of time and dispatches the soldiers with ease with her hydrokinetic powers. Once again, I did not know it was called hydrokinetic. Yeah, like to move water. Yep. Until I watch Young Justice. It made sense, didn't it? (laughs) I was like, water powers? What kind of fucking water? And that's when the the phrase came up. I was like, "Mm." 
um, the citizens of Atlantis and Orem de demand war against the humans for their attack of uh, Atlantis. Though Atlantia disagrees, Eartha wakes up with gills on his neck um, in the Atlantean ruins. Mary explains that his mother is Atlanta. God damn it, I just said Atlanta. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, fuck. It's, it's a cold, dry wind. And I'm choking. I'm my own rage here. Anywho, Mary explains that Atlantia is his mother through a, a, a though as a royal Atlanta, Atlantia cannot be um, with his father or Arthur. So which why she left um, Arthur with um, his pop, his pappy. Left him on the show with his daddy. Yep. Now Atlantia believes Arthur can bridge the gap between the two worlds. Mira dresses him in the High King's royal guard. Though Arthur leaves only wearing the orange and green Atlantia bodysuit, which is now his iconic costume. They are attacked by the trench. At the surface, at the base of, at the surface of, um, basically Arthur, um, he's having a panic attack. He jumps out the water and he's, I guess, breathing air helps him keep going. He's still human. I mean, I, well, yeah, it's very interesting when you see how that plays out depending on where he's at, though. Yeah. But it is the fact that, like, all this, he's trying to figure out who he is. Which we also see early in the film, um, he's a drunk. Like we say, he's a drunkard. He gets in, he got into a bar fight over a lobster. Well, I mean, to be fair, he was also grieving at the moment. True. Very true. We open the movie with him also uh, just having stated that he buried his father. That too. That too. That's why I, I omit that because. <sighs> Oh man! All right, <clears throat> and plus, outside voices has interrupted this podcast. All right, <laughs> future future things. Until the day, I will say this: by we hit August, there will be no fireworks going off. Mm -hmm. But there will be birds chirping in the in our background. Oh yeah, for sure. In Christian's case, his his dog. Yeah. Dogs that love to be very, very uh, actively defending the home, let's say. Fair. Um, or me yawning every few minutes, and that's only because I'm, I'm like, I, anywho. The Citizens of Atlantis, um, do, 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 I'm going through my notes. Okay. They are now, we're back. Um, the Mira and Aquaman are attacked by the trench. Um, these these horrible, horrific looking monsters. If you want to know what they look like again, besides animation, they actually look very well done in Aquaman. In the movie, you mean? Yeah. The live action. There's only technically one Aquaman movie out there. <laughs> like what? Else, yeah. What else, am I gonna, what else am I going to be talking about? Okay. 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 I, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> this is called Thrones of Atlantis. Not Justice League Aquaman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Justice League Aquaman. 
Um, so we, the... they, sorry. Anyway. Um, they are attacked by the trench. Um, the questions overwhelm Arthur and the league, um, but um, defeated. But they, ah, Arthur and Mira are overwhelmed by the trench. But the Justice League helps and defeats the trench. But Black Manta reports to Orm that he has failed to kill Arthur. And the Trench also have failed to kill Arthur. In his anger, Orm kills Queen Atlantia and pins the blame on the humans. Most specifically, Arthur. Orm, <laughs> Orm now using the term, the mantle, Ocean Master, he uses the trident to restrain um, the team and different um, each pod specific to each Justice League member, um, and also to incapacitate um, Superman. Magic based. He, he. This is the first time we actually see blood. Oh no, not the first time we see blood, but blood drawn from Superman in the animated feature, and see him getting stabbed. At that. Yeah, he gets stabbed in the freaking chest, man. Like, so. Future spoilers. This is um. You think this is gruesome? <laughs> oh, just you wait. Oh no no no! I'm not saying this is gruesome. I'm just saying like that never happens to Superman. True, but like I said, you think this is bad? Just just wait. There's more. True. There's still there's a whole lot of movie movies left. A whole lot of movies left. Anywho, getting right back to it. Arthur Mara, Superman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, and Cyborg. Learn of Atlantia's death. Once, um, once in Atlantis, Orm now using the Mantle Ultra Master, we say um, restrain them in different pods. Um, the group is sent to be consumed by the monstrous dark, the monstrous monstrous. I typed this word and I can't even say it. Monstrosis. Monstrosity. Yeah, I think I think it's like monstrosity would be safe. Dark Trench, <laughs> while Ocean Master leads the Atlantean army to the surface. Arthur taps into the power of the Trident to destroy his pod. With Superman's help, they save the rest of the League and defeat the monster. A massive tidal wave conceals the Atlantean army in Metropolis. Superman saves John Henry Irons, and Wonder Woman saves Lois Lane and Jimmy Olsen. Black Manta attacks Arthur, and he reveals that he um, he wants to overthrow Ocean Master and take Atlantis for himself. Arthur summons a giant shark. Aquaman got mad sharks, y'all. Yeah, he freaking Sam Jackson Dorham. <laughs> I love doing that in Injustice. Yeah, that's that's honestly one of my favorite things to do in Injustice. Like we can get the sharks and shit. Go. Mira and the Justice League battle Ocean Master with little success. Shazam is transformed back into Billy Batson. <coughs> Mira, Flash, Green Lantern are knocked unconscious. Cyborg is impaled, but Bat uh, and electrocuted and disabled. Wonder Woman is incapacitated by the trench's um, electric electric energy field, while Superman is wounded because of his because of the mystical properties properties of the Trident. Batman saves Cyborg from dying basically with a taser. Just like, nope, you ain't dying today. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure if Cyborg can take Batman's taser, I'm pretty sure a villain would just go limp. Yeah. He would just be like, I I'm paralyzed. Thank you, Batman. Th thank you. I'm, I'm fucking paralyzed. 
<laughs> Ocean Master is ready, is getting ready to kill Arthur until Cyborg blasts the video of Ocean Master boasting that he killed Queen Atlantia. This is why villains suck. You don't monologue. You never kill the heroes or do what you to make this better. All he had to do would keep them in the pods. Yes, the Justice will still do this. When it gets to this point, all Cyborg could just do is just shoot Ocean Master. You didn't need. I'm just saying, fucking villains always gotta give an external monologue about what you did, what you've done. Yeah, Idiot. it's like, oh, I have no problem sitting here for a while and talking to you about my entire plans. So. The, he is revealed that he killed his mother to all the Atlantean soldiers who all drop their arms and walk off. Arthur um, uses this distraction to knock the shit out of Ocean Master. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he is now um, crowned King of Atlantis. With the Justice League in the audience, Batman suggests they need to solidify as a team. No longer doing what they did before at the start of the film. Cyborg reveals plans for a watchtower and he takes out that fine, fine lady at the um, SR Labs out on a date. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we know he's still all oh, man. Um, Arthur joins the Justice League, but despite his dislike towards the name, <laughs> he sticks with the name Aquaman. <laughs> Before um, they go to leave, um, Mira and Aquaman gives and have a nice little kiss, and we get a action montage of Aquaman and Mira beating the dog shit out of all the trenchers, protecting their their newly minted Atlantean. Yep, and in this first, in this second, yep, second post credit scene, we see Orem incarcerated in Bell Rev. Where he's approached by Lex Luthor, who has a proposition for him to consider. And it ends right there. Just the Dolls of Atlantis. Interrupted by my brothers. <laughs> Only slightly. Slightly. Enough for me, I have to edit this shit. We was going so smoothly. And now I have it, to it. <laughs> So... That was the movie. What did you think of the movie? What were your like highlights and dislikes? Highlights: Rosario Dawson as the voice of Wonder Woman. Um, we all know my my love for Rosario Dawson. It would never waver. It would never die unless she comes out as a mag um, as a Trump lover, but that would never fucking happen. Mm-hmm. Um. Um. Love that you're already mad at her just at the theoretical possibility of that. I know. I'm like, you're dead to me. <laughs> you're dead to me. As dead as every black person who hates Candace Owens. Weird. Oh, shit. Dead to me. But um, her as the voice of Wonder Woman. Um, Nathan Fielding returning as the voice of Hal Jordan. Um, Jerry O'Connell as the voice. Um, and I really like Jerry O'Connell as the voice of Superman. Like he, the, he definitely fits. Um, oh yeah, it, it's noticeable between this and War. Yeah, like it, it fits him a lot better. It fits the stature of the character a lot better, 
and especially like the attitude kind of change a little bit yeah like it does fit um and we also something we did not mention as well um in this um they go uh, superman and wonder woman go on their date in this oh yeah um superman tries to teach um wonder woman um how to blend in but we all know wonder woman no she ain't blending in no i don't need to blend in i'm like who she's She's the only person of like in this DC universe besides Batman who is really gonna step up to fuck with me. All I say is that I can fuck somebody up. Mm-hmm. That that is literally Wonder Woman. They can try me, but they know they'll be dead. Well, she has that great line too, where it's like I uh, where she's about to start fighting the Atlanteans. Mm-hmm. It's like I like uh, I respect your your prowess as a warrior, but you're fighting in Amazon. I was just like, oh shit! Mm-hmm. Like she gonna fuck them up. <laughs> Like, you don't fuck with Wonder Woman. And you don't fuck with her man Superman. Well, mm-hmm. which is spoiler at the moment, her man Superman. Oh, okay, okay. So if we're talking about don't fuck with Superman, right? That that thing where he cr- fucking crash, not crash lands, but like makes a crater mm-hmm. when they're fighting the, the what is it, the trenches? The, 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 the trenchers. The trenchers. Right, right. And it's like, he just lands and is standing there stoically with like a freaking crater underneath him. I was like, all right. All right, this is the Superman I want to see more of. Yeah, I'm like, this is what you want. As much as I dislike the New 52, this is what you want the DCEU to be. Mm-hmm. And I hate the fact that, um, and we may do the DC, the short-lived DC universe. Um, this is this is how I want the Justice League to be. I mean, like, this could have been Justice League Two. Yeah, yeah, I could have seen that. Like. You don't need the, uh, like, yeah, you have to wait for Jason Momoa to become Aquaman, but at least in Justice League, like, seriously, we could have Man of Steel, the sequel, uh, we can add Justice League right after Man of Steel. Like, um, like what has Superman doing all this time? Mm-hmm. Going around Metropolis, right in the wrongs of what he's done in Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. And then you get Batman versus Superman, where... Is Batman learning about Superman? But Batman is like Clark, and he—it's like that would be fucking awesome. But not to yeah. harp, not to harp, go back harping on war, but on Thrones of Atlantis, um, and this is like we said, this predates Aquaman. Yeah, because um, Aquaman it predates it, and it's very similar, but there's some very like stark differences, obviously, because it's a Justice League movie. Yeah. But I feel like. Because, it kind of reiterated the fact that Aquaman, even though it was a good movie in its own right, like for the EU, mm-hmm. that story could have been condensed a lot more. But the thing is, though, Jeff Johns helped James, helped James Wan write Aquaman. Mm. And, and like we said, this is based on um, Thrones of Atlantis is based off of um, Je- um, Jeff Johns' run. So right. if you go back and forth between Thrones of Atlantis and Aquaman, this even though Aquaman is fighting the bikers in Thrones of Atlantis, he's taking selfies with them in his own movie. Yeah. The drunkenness is still there between the both, but we know what happens in Aquaman um, that actually sobers him up real fucking quick. Um, yeah. Because of Ocean Master. Um... But here, um, it's it's more like let's go, let's go, let's get this. Here's yeah. Aquaman, here's Mira. Right off the bat, 
one and done. That's it. Um, the only, the, my only just my only gripes is the romance between Aquaman and Mira is too quick. It felt a little forced. Yeah. Like in, like in Aquaman and Momoa's Aquaman is too quick as well. Yeah. At least build time. Like Mira, this is why I like classic DC. Mira and Aquaman took a minute for them to get together. Mm-hmm. And when they was together, I mean, that is a solid ass relationship. Until fucking New 52 came in and just broke them up, made Aquaman a deadbeat ass dad. Like, I... <sighs> suffice it to say, you had issues. I had issues. But the only the only good thing about the New 52 Aquaman was when Calder Aqualad came out as gay, it was Aquaman who accepted him it was mm-hmm. who's like i don't care about your sexual orientation you are my partner man you are you supposed if i'm out here fighting you supposed to have my back you're yeah. supposed to help you po- you are supposed to help out me and queen mirror yeah that's and, that's and great your sexuality should not matter mm-hmm. and that's why that's the only fucking thing i like about new 52 aquaman okay he's at least progressive yes and and they use too much of Momoa's Aquaman into the. Um, this is like we said, for some reason I think Jason Momoa was cast as Aquaman for a long ass fucking time before BVS came out. Yeah, it's like they already knew they were gonna basically be calling him when the time came. So when you get Aquaman and you see Momoa, the attitude is too much the same, comic book form and live action form, and then we yeah. Get- and we mm-hmm. get and we get that is in animation form, so I know this is roundabout right me just like harping why we'd like and saying what we like what we dislike. Aquaman himself shouldn't be DC's answer to Thor. I mean, it, I honestly like I know everybody calls the parallel there because it's like very similar, like mythology wise esque. Yeah, but honestly. I don't think their characters are really that similar. Like, yeah, they have similar qualities and kind of like backstories ish, but Thor, I mean, at least as, as how we've experienced him in like the MCU movies, right. Has, has always been kind of more um, trying to prove that he's not a fuck up or like trying, trying to show that he is worthy of the power that was bestowed of him where Aquaman feels a little bit more to me, like him proving to, Le- less about his family because his family's not around, and more proving to his nation and himself that he can lead but more than more than kind of Thor ish. I, I, I would say. But we're going more. That's going more the live action interpretations of these characters. That's true. That act. You know what? That's very true. I'm I'm looking more at that. I'm going more on the lines of comic comic book wise. Like for a certain amount of time, yeah, we, yeah Aquaman was a joke. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna show it. He was. I was like, I'm. I don't want to be Aquaman. Fuck that. I remember even 15 years. I remember 15 years ago, just people busting on Aquaman. Yeah, and nobody then, liked him. Yeah, and then you get um, Brave, Batman, Brave and the Bold didn't help much. He has that operatic, that gosh golly, hi ho, silver type of voice. Like, yeah. <laughs> like no. Um, it wasn't until. I'll say Injustice, we got badass Aquaman. 
I remember that was some of my first experience with a badass Aquaman, that's for sure. I was just like, oh shit, this dude is a power player here. Yeah, and then we get to um, Young Justice. Aquaman is still just as powerful, but we get introduced, we technically get introduced to Calder. Um, he was named differently in um, Brightest Day, but we get introduced to Aqualad, and he's badass. He has, mm-hmm. the, he has the same power set as Mira, Um and in Young Justice, he's taught by Mira how to control his powers. Um, and that makes him just as a, um, as a badass as Mira, but also he's learning to be royal and regal by Aquaman. Mm-hmm. And that's why I was like, all right, Aquaman is no longer a joke. Uh, I, and you still see people at the time showing him as a joke. Mm-hmm. And you see the touches of like people making fun of Aquaman in Throws of Atlantis, and it's just showing you that he is not the joke that we all say he is. Yeah, like yeah, we we yeah we made fuck is it we made of um light saying oh Aquaman got mad sharks. Yeah, he do. Like he can literally the line he said in in Justice League, I can get every single piranha in the world to find you. All you have <laughs> so like, yeah, he yes, he can talk to in a way to 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 net ah, fuck to marine animals. No, the psych um to net telekinetically, yeah, um, speak to animals, but I mean, well, fish only to I would say, uh. I would say it's more like a sonar-based kind of thing, which is why fish more respond to it as opposed to, you know, anything on land. Um, but that's not here there because I was about to talk about Aquaman again. The movie's, <laughs> the movie's fine except for the fucking pit bull reigns of an Africa. The what? Pit bull. Oh. Ugh. Ugh. Anywho. <laughs> <laughs> Getting back to it, um, the voice cast, um, that long drawn out thing we said about Aquaman himself, mm-hmm. um, Shamar Moore definitely brought his A game in this one. You can def, you can definitely tell he was super invested playing Cyborg, super invested. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I, I definitely like that when you have um, an actor who primarily does not do voice acting, and you get him to do it. You get them to do the role, and they're hundred percent committed to the role, mm-hmm. and that's why uh, that's why I'm like Shamar Moore next to Kari Payton is technically there's only two technically two actors voicing Cyborg, Shamar Moore and Kari Payton. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know the voice actor who's currently voicing Cyborg in Young Justice. I actually haven't seen that episode yet of Cyborg and Young Justice, but. But right now, Shamar Moore and Kari Payton is my favorites. Um, one day, I don't want to. I can. I, I mentioned before, I don't want to be an actor, but I do want to voice Cyborg one day. That would be awesome. That would. Be, I would. I would love to hear you do that. Um, that's if I was an actual actor, because I mean, the, and the whole point of voice acting is the acting part of it. Acting. <laughs> um, Sam Witwer, as always. Damn good villain. He's always been a good villain. Um, he has that vocal range, mm-hmm. and dude is a beast in his damn self. And try to go against him in, in um 
in DC or Star Wars movie trivia or any form of trivia, he'll he will whip your ass. <laughs> he was a Star Wars champion at one time. Damn. So you can't fuck with this dude. Probably Janina Givankar. Oh, she needs to be in she needs to be in some animation films herself. Yeah. If y'all don't know cool. who she if y'all don't know who she is, she's one of the main characters in Star Wars Battlefront 2. And she was in the league. She was on the second season of Arrow. So she has DC connections. Yes, let's get her into a DC feature film. What would you want to see her as? Because or... I, would, mm-hmm. I want to see how she will voice Wonder Woman. Huh. Like, let's, I, like, that would be interesting. Like, we have this, and I will say this, DC anim, um, has been more, and it, it continues here, we had different actresses and voice actresses voicing Wonder Woman, and there's been a bevy of women of color doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, we just never, um, we have Gal Gadot in the the live-action verse. Um, she is, oh, fuck, I want to say. I don't want to misspeak, but I think she's, um, I don't want to say Persian. I think, I want to say Persian. But I'm not, honestly, sure. But she is a person, she's obviously a person of color. Mm-hmm. Um, Rosario Dawson, um, Dominican. Um, Vanessa Marshall, white. Um, the actress before her, Polish American. Um, so it's super diverse. Um, the roles have been filled by a by a very good amount of um, diverse talent and actresses. Yes. Um, but to the review before we get to trivia. Uh, yeah, there was. There was a lot of things I appreciated out of this too. Like, I mean, I always bring this up, but it's always the thing that I bring up because I pay, I try to pay attention to it a lot. Yeah. Um, I, I could not help, but, but like really enjoy the actual, like, um, cinematography and like, like art direction for like the fight scenes and for the action scenes. There's two things that I very much appreciated in this. One of them, like story wise was, was, um, being able to actually appreciate the Justice League together, um, working to solve a problem more than just uh, fighting an enemy. Because yeah. I feel like war was a lot more centered on, okay, all of these guys are coming together for the first time. Look at them, like, all kind of co-op and fight. Like, that's awesome. But in this case, like, the first half of the movie, like, they're investigating and you see everybody kind of, like, not only contribute, but have their own unique vision of what they look for in like a situation when they're, you know, observing the sub and stuff like that. Okay. It's like when they're observing the sub, it's just like you, you see obviously Batman being the greatest detective ever and starting to put and piece things together. But every other person is also putting their input, you know, green Lantern's is like, wait a minute, there's three dimensional fighters. Cause there's a barrel roll or they're like, uh, like um, cyborg is obviously interpreting everything else. And uh, Barry is, is, is is able to help everybody say, yeah, they're probably sensitive to sound because of how fast things travel underwater. Like all that kind of stuff I really enjoyed. And I was, 
I was having a lot of fun watching them work together as a team in something that was not directly like melee oriented. I know That's that, a, that mm-hmm. is, um, <clears throat> excuse me. I think one of the better things that, um, uh, they showed is like, okay, they need to be a team and they mm-hmm. can't, they can be a team if they're together. Right. Instead of, um, always, there's always a danger force them to come together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like the fact they gave them conflict at the same time. Yeah. Um, something we desperately need in fucking the DCEU. For real. Um, like I feel like I feel like uh, like Ocean Master was like a lot less whiny in this one compared to uh, you know the live action Aquaman. But loud, <laughs> but louder. Yeah, louder, but not whiny, which is the yeah. kind of the important part I, there. I, mean, I never thought Patrick Wilson was Ocean Master. No. Ocean Master in general is a whiny fucking bitch. Right. No, no. For the record, Patrick Wilson, I have no problem with. I have a problem with how they wrote Ocean Master for, for Aquaman. Here's the thing. Ocean Master, I don't like him in general. I, I don't. He is, for all intents and purposes, a bitch. <laughs> but he fucked them up in this one, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. He did. And then also in the Patrick, um, uh, um, in the live action version. Yeah, yeah. Ocean Master, is, he is a good fighter. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's his hubris that gets him at the end. I mean, he literally got defeated by his own monologuing. Yeah. yeah his own his own hubris. Um and I think that's a and that's a tired trope that I that we always see is the the villain's hubris um is their downfall. Mm-hmm. But um this one be the highest rated one out of all of so far out of the four. I'm giving this one a four out of five. Yeah, I honestly I would too. This one, this one has the highest one for me so far. Four out of five. Um, the only the reason why, and it's my bias. I don't like New Fifty Two. I don't. <laughs> Every single one of these feature films are is directly cause of New Fifty Two. So yes, it's gonna be biased. I'm trying. Mm-hmm. I try to expel my biases. It's not gonna work. I mm-hmm. literally, I literally sitting reading reading the synopsis, reading everything to get us prepared for the show. I don't like New Fifty Two. That's and that's what's going to stick. So from here on out, no matter what, there's going to be a point off because it's a New Fifty Two. Yeah, basically he's saying nothing is getting above a four from him. Yes, <laughs> it's not. Maybe one is maybe going to get a, get a point five, but you're going to okay, and two may get a five out of five. Don't worry, don't worry, folks. When it happens, I'll make a big ass deal about it. Um, <laughs> only because it's. Uh, I'm not gonna give this because it's future spoilers, but it's their use of the storyline, mm-hmm. and that and that's what that's what I um I look at. Um, but I can say f- for certain, up until that point, these are all new Fifty Two storylines until we get to a specific point. When it's not, mm-hmm. um, and you'll know, and we'll we'll make note of it when we get to when we get to the point. But for right now, um, Aquaman for me, I was gonna say Aquaman throws of Atlantis, Justice League throws of Atlantis. It gets a four out of five. Um, it builds it builds upon what has happened in Justice League War. Um, it corrects certain character um, 
not concepts, I want to say character attributes that um, that I think help the story a little bit better. Um, the voice direction is a hell of a lot better, only because Adre Romano is the um, is the anim- is the vocal coach, the vocal director here. She was mm-hmm. uh, she wasn't in Justice League War. She, here she was, and the only time I felt like no, I felt her direction was wrong when she cast the voice of um, oh, fuck. He's Marcus Phoenix in Gears of War and the oh, um, Jake the Dog. John DiMaggio. Yeah, John DiMaggio. And Batman, um, Under the Red Hood, he was the voice of Joker. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed him for what he was, but I don't think that it should have been him in that specific role only because of, like... I did not enjoy him at all. I did not, like... he. John DiMaggio has a deep, gruff voice. Yeah, it was definitely too deep for Joker, but... I feel like for the character design, it kind of fit, but in Joker overall, no, it didn't. Yeah, because I understand for Under the Red Hood, we're going off of um, the animation, the how the characters are drawn in the comic. Um, Neil Patrick Harris is right now, we'll say right now in this review, is the best interpretation of Nightwing, and he should have been Nightwing going forward. <laughs> <laughs> but I digress. John DiMaggio, and also he... He also voices some characters we're going to get to soon in this animated movie of his, but uh, that was my only asterisk on Adrian Romano, the most prolific voice act, um, voice actor director of all time, was the um, was Johnny Maggio as Joker. But here, she it, she knocked it out of the park with uh, with this voice cast. Oh yeah, um, oh yeah, I, and, I agree. And she brought a lot of um, character that um, a lot of great work out of all these actors who. Christopher Gorham, Shamar Moore, they don't have prior experiences doing voiceover work. But uh, Rosario Dawson, Jerry O'Connell, even Jason Omara technically doesn't. This is technically his second DC um, animated film next to Son of Batman, War, well, sorry, third next to Son of Batman, War, and now this. So Mm -hmm. she was able to bring a lot out of Jason Omara as well. And plus the fact is, People keep forgetting he is, I want to say a Brit or Irish. I think he's Irish. But he, but like the accent is not native to him. Yeah. And you're getting that out of him. And he's not only doing his Bruce Wayne voice, he's doing a Batman voice. And he does it better than fucking um, Christian Bell. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair. No, no, to be fair. Christian Bale to me was like the worst version of the Batman voice. Yes, like, dude, he's basically Amara's doing three voices in one. Yeah. So you got to give it up to Jason Amara. Yep. Yep. Mad props to props is due. So for me, this one gets a four out of five. Mm-hmm. For for I I I want to give it a little bit higher, but I also want to save room for you know other films to come because we still got a good amount of. Film cover. Okay, and then before we end, and um, so it's a four out of five for you as well, right? Yeah. Okay. So before we end off this episode, here is the trivia for this one. Ooh, the trivia. Because uh, if we don't, the Because if we don't mention it, somebody's gonna come after us. <laughs> um, like we said before, this is um based off of Thrones of Atlantis storyline. Um, the twenty thirteen comic book crossover event. Um, event between the Justice League and Aquaman um, in the new set in the new 52 world 
In this film, um, John Henry Irons, a.k.a. Steel, the Man of Iron, has made an appearance in the film hitting a Atlantean with a sledgehammer during the final battle. Yup. This is a slight nod towards his true storyline of how Super, um, Steel originated by saving Superman, by being, ba- being saved by Superman while attempting to help him out in a fight against Doomsday. Damn. So, yeah. Steel helps helps Superman in the middle of the Doomsday fight, and this is before John Henry Irons became Steel. Right, like this is John Henry still John Henry Irons. Yep. Um, while this event takes place after Justice League War, in the comics there is a five year gap, as the events of Justice League six issue origin story takes place five years ago, when the superheroes were first emerging. Around the same timeline as the superhero um, Superman action comics, um, while the seventh issue of the series is moved has moved the timeline to the present, where most of the other New Fifty Two stories takes place. Um, while both Superman, while blah, Superman, while both Shazam and Green Lantern are part of the Justice League in this film, but in the comics they are not. This is because the comic book um, Justice League had not met Shazam yet, and Green Lantern had quit the league because of the events of the previous storyline, The Villain's Journey. In that, um, they had believed, um, led him to believe that his attitude had endangered their mission and was forced to quit in order to protect the league's reputation. Uh. Additionally, The Flash was the only active Justice League member not to be involved in this storyline. Um, in the comics, as it was mentioned that he was defending Central City from Gorilla Grog and his army, which is referred to Gorilla Warfare in the Flash in the Flash comic book storyline. Okay, so, while, so he was indisposed at the moment. So yeah, so while Flash is dealing with Green, um, um, Gorilla Grog, Gorilla Grog, yes, um, Justice League was dealing with Thrones of Atlantis. In that, in the comics, yeah, in the comics. Um, while fighting off the trenches, Aquaman's right hand is bitten. In the comic books, Aquaman loses his right hand while trying to save his son and gains a hook, um, hook and prosthetic hand. So it's a callback to his um, losing his hand. <laughs> that was a direct callback to that? Yep. Okay. Um, in the scene where Superman and Wonder Woman are eating at a diner as Clark and Diana, the blonde girl at the table next to him is the character model of Wonder Girl, Cassandra or Cassie Sandsmark um, from the now cancelled Young Justice anime well it was cancelled at the time this came out but Cassandra Sandsmark Cassie is in Young Justice currently right now okay Yeah, she becomes the second um, Wonder Girl in the comic books Um, there's also a nod to this as Lois says hi to Clark it's a Wonder Woman Wonder Woman date you I, I didn't get that reference. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> um, right after defeating a particular villain in spectacular Aquaman, in a spectacular Aquaman way, Arthur says, outrageous! This was Aquaman's catchphrase in Batman Brave and a Bolt. <laughs> Back to that bombastic, bombastic uh, kind of voice acting there. Yep. In the original comic book, Cyborg is forced to call in reinforcements to deal with the Atlantean army. In the form of Black Canary, Vixen, Firestorm, Element Woman, Black Lightning, Gold Rush, Hawkman, Zatanna, and Green Arrow. 
who was the only one that did not respond. In the film, all of them are omit- omitted. Yeah, he didn't call nobody. So this is one of my. This is why each one of these films is going to get a fucking downgrade. You because they omit a very massive amount of characters. Yes, and you can and you make this world seem like the heroes that we see in each of these films are the only heroes in this fucking universe, which is fucking mind-boggling to that. I try not to. <laughs> Nathan Finley is the only actor as of this movie to return from the pre-Flashpoint universe. Yeah. Oh. Also, Damn. There's, also, there's I mean, of, hold on, mm-hmm. wait, wait. There's also a bit of delay, people, so let that be known. There's a bit of delay between me and his um audio. Yeah, it it, it happens sometimes. Sorry. <laughs> and we have to say sorry. I mean the internet and everybody named mama wants to do podcasting. That's true. That's true. Because the they started hearing us and they were like, damn, we got to get on that. I'm just... Let's not give ourselves a big hit. I know. I'm just, I'm just... <laughs> In the film, Cyborg immediately agrees to have his remaining lung replaced with a cybernetic lung to allow him to survive underwater. In the comics, he initially hesitates believing that he will sacrifice more of his humanity but following the league's capture by Atlantis, he agrees to undergo the operation in order to save them. Which is totally different. Mm-hmm. Aqu- Aquaman's mother was not part of the original comic book storyline as she has long been since passed away. Jason, mm. Mo- um, Jason O'Mara, Sean Astin, Christopher Gorham, and Shamar Moore are the only voice actors to return to Justice League um, to re- reprise their roles from the Justice League War. That's true. Everybody else has different actors, huh? Yep. Um, like I mentioned before, um, this marks Jason Amar's return, um, his third um, time voicing Batman. Matt Lautner and Sam Wood were both appear- appeared in Star Wars The Clone Wars. This is the fourth installment of the DC Animated Universe, which would be Flashpoint, War, Son of Batman, and Out Throws of Atlantis. Jerry O'Connell at one point auditioned for the role of the now canceled Superman flyby, which became Superman Returns. Huh. That would have been wow. That would have been really different. Yeah. That yeah, that would have been really different if he had actually gotten that. Yeah. Um, here are some trivia that are also spoilers. Spoiler alert! I'm, a, I'm a, I think I might put a red alert. Um, sound at this moment when I say spoiler alert. There you go. All right. <clears throat> in the post credit scene where Lex Luthor approaches Ultra Master to offer him a spot on his new team, this is a direct reference to Injust to the Injustice League, a team comprised of supervillains similar to the Legion of Doom. John Henry Irons, aka Steel, makes a quick cameo. The hammer, like we said, is also is known, um, is used to, for the battle. Um. In the scene, it was revealed that Orm was one of the um, one of the ones behind, like we, we mentioned before. But be, he was um, manipulated by Black Manta with the nuclear missiles on Atlantis to frame the surface um, world for, in the attack. But in the original comic book storyline, Orm was not complicit in the attack, and it was revealed that Aquaman's advisor Volko, who was played by, ah, oh, and I had his name. Um. Um, 
Willem, Willem Dafoe. Dafoe. There we go. I was like, I was trying to remind myself by like, he's not the friend, he's the... <laughs> he's the advisor. Um, Volko yeah. was responsible <laughs> was responsible for the attack to manipulate Orm to start an attack, hoping to goat Arthur to take up the throne of Atlantis afterwards. And also allow for Volko to end his exile from Atlantis, something that does come to pass when Arthur reluctantly agrees to prevent a similar tragedy. But before both Volko and Orm are arrested for their crimes, Volko's role was cut from the film, um, with Black Manta taking his place of manipulating Orm's actions instead of Black Manta's goal of plotting to steal all of the treasures of Atlantis for himself. Ah. So we we could have we could have have we could have had Volko in this film. Mm. Um, Doctor, yeah, that's also another. I mean, I, I hate to keep. Well, I don't hate to do it because I'm still doing it. Mm-hmm. Like to draw a comparison to Aquaman, right? Mm-hmm. Like that if that would also change something semi significant or pretty significant for Black Manta. Where in this case, Black Manta is Atlantean, and in the Aquaman case, he is human. Uh, like driven by direct revenge to oppose Atlantis instead of you know trying to like still burn it down but you know take over. Yeah. Um, in the film, Doctor Stephen Chin Shin is murdered by Atlantis soldiers, but in the comics he was attacked by the soldiers, but he was ultimately saved by a Cyborg. Mm. So uh, he got to live. He got in to the live. comics. In the comics, he got to live. Um, Cyborg's doctor is named Sarah Charles. That's also in the. Um, in the comics she's also in the comics as well but they're hinted to have a romantic interest into one another um in the animated film but in the comics they're in a relationship oh like already established mm-hmm. yeah they're already dating in the comics okay do you think that also because maybe that was something that they had changed specifically to give um Billy and Cyborg more time together, like a uh, growth with the relationship. Because I guess in the comics he's not even there, but in the in the movie that we just watched, it's more about like him kind of pushing him, like, "Hey, you should go on a date with her," and then maybe that kind of brings their friendship closer together. Yeah. Um, I, I went the Cyborg comic books um, until they was canceled. It's, it's some of the best ones that I've read um, of the New Fifty Two War um, era. Um, seeing him in a um, in a relationship, which I have, I have all of uh, Jeff Johns' run of Teen Titans, and he's he doesn't talks about having a relationship. He is acting like he's um, he's still struggling if he's more human um, than um, robot. Mm-hmm. But in Cyborg, he has that he talks about this that conflicting conflictingness uh, within himself, but he still is able to maintain a relationship with um, Doctor Charles. Yeah. Um, but here in the, um, in these animated features where it's over the course of all these films, you see him struggling with his humanity and yeah, we have a glimpse of, of it, um, with him and Dr. Charles, but we don't, um, I will save that for a future spoiler. <laughs> um, so next up in our quest for the DCEU, DCAUE. DC animated movie verse. <laughs> oh man, it's a mouthful. It is a mouthful, and it's only it's a DC AMU. Yeah, and it's only been an hour. That's that like like the animated features. We don't want to take up your time too much. Short and tight. 
Exactly. So next up, we have Batman versus Robin with a tag to this. Nightwing and Robin, the short movie. We're going they're gonna be packaged together, uh, so it's gonna be two reviews in one. Um, because it does fit. But also Nightwing Robin does lead into Batman Bad Blood, Justice League versus T Titans, and Justice League Dark. I mean they do this shit in comics all the time, just call it a tie in issue. Yeah, so our tie in issue is Nightwing Robin and Batman versus Robin. <laughs> Except for it's gonna be Batman versus Robin, then Nightwing and Robin. Right. Um, both came out the same year as Justice League: Thrones of Atlantis. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of good things that came out in 2015, then, huh? Oh yeah, and let's not forget about the MCU, y'all. Oh yeah. I forgot what movie came out in, the MCU. in 2015 from the MCU. I think Guardians. Uh, sure. I want to say Ant Man. Was it Guardians or Ant? No, Ant Man had to have been 16 for some reason. I'm, I'm thinking 16. Guardians was 2014. Okay, well, if it was 14, then yeah, maybe Ant-Man could have been 15. Because wait, when was Ant-Man and the Wasp? Was that 17? Was that Ant-Man and the Wasp is 2018, right um, right after Infinity War. Okay, so then yeah, it would make sense then if, if Ant-Man, the first one, is like 15. Yep. And with that, Shazam! 